So the reliable messenger, Proverbs 13, 7, I read it before, I'll read it again from the New American Standard Bible. A wicked messenger, and wicked doesn't mean, you know, evil concocting, you know, necessarily uh, witchcraft or anything. It can be anything that's slightly twisted from the truth. So wicked can be just a little bit off the path, not completely off the path. A wicked messenger falls into adversity, but a faithful messenger brings healing. Faithful to the truth of God's word is different than giving it a spin. Understand that? And then the Living Bible. Uh, and this is one of my favorite verses, something that's on my heart a lot. This particular um, uh, rendering says, an unreliable messenger can cause a lot of trouble. And then reliable communication permits progress. There's progress to be made when the communication is reliable. Here's a story, you may have heard it before, uh, slightly humorous about unreliable uh, messaging and unreliable messenger. There was a husband who was busy watching sports and doing other man stuff, like we we're prone to do, who answered his wife's phone and he took a message for her because she was unavailable at the time. And so he wouldn't forget uh, and to make sure that she got the right message, he wrote it on a note and put it on the fridge. And this is what the note said. Someone from Gyna College called. They said the Pabst beer is normal. P.S. I didn't even know you liked beer. I have a feeling that message may have caused him some trouble. Because if you understand what was supposed to be said and what was actually said, not quite right. Not even close. I remember when I was in high school, a, a young man. I remember as a teenager, I was always spacing out and, and never relaying important information to my parents about events at my high school. How many parents have teenagers can relate to this? About band concerts or other commitments. And my parents got quite angry. Like, what do you mean there's a, this event on Thursday night at 7? You didn't tell us. It's, it's Thursday morning and you're, you know, your head's in your cereal. Uh, you have to realize I was being an unreliable, an unfaithful, wicked messenger. Uh, I was not faithful to communicate that in an effective way. This might apply to, to some of you. How many of you have that friend, the tangent storyteller person? Uh, they're trying to tell you something. They, their heart is in it, but there is rabbit trail one, rabbit trail two, subtangent, subclause A, B, and C of, of the seventh rabbit trail. And by the time you're five minutes in, you're like, well, wait, what? What are we talking about here? I have no idea what you're trying to communicate. That's just, it's unreliable. There, there's a heart, there's a desire, but it's not happening. Think about this uh, historically. Imagine a time in history when accurate information about the enemy's location, like the number of troops, their armaments, uh, where they're located, when that was relayed through a single messenger, they often call them envoys. Um, uh, an envoy who, who was corrupt would take bribes and get paid off um, to further their own well-being. Are you getting this? To further, the, they would feel good about themselves. They would, they would benefit personally by uh, telling a different story, by conveying different information. 
Um, and that was always at the expense of the person who was actually paying them just to be the envoy and, and deliver that message reliably and faithfully and truthfully. Entire cities, civilizations, and cultures could be destroyed by a single corrupt communicator. I hope you're starting to hear and see and make some application to our present predicament here in this culture and some of the communication problems you probably have with your spouse or with your children with your families or with your business. See, today the news cycle and our social media feeds confirm we're bombarded by unreliable messaging. Can I get an amen? Messages delivered from a skewed perspective or taken from talking points in order to enforce a particular worldview or to advance a specific agenda. And I think the result is obvious. We're surrounded by adversity, and we're in a lot of trouble. But, thank God for the truth of God's Word, the Bible seems to indicate, from the verses I read at the top, that faithful messaging carried out by faithful messengers can be a source of healing and can promote progress. And that's what we're looking for. We're looking for healing, we're looking for God's message, and we're looking for progress. You could say kingdom expansion or kingdom advance. And so here's what I see as the heart of the problem. And we're all prone to this. I'm raising both hands. You might want to write this down. Too often we communicate with the goal of getting our way or getting our message across. Instead of communicating to light the way, the right way, the Jesus way. See, we should communicate so that illumination, think about the minion saying that word, illumination, uh, comes through us. And then that just shines the light on the word of God and on Jesus way. Here's another good one worth writing on and sticking on your fridge. We need to reach. I'm reaching you. I'm not repelling you in my messaging. See, that's too often attack a tactic, irritate people and, and, you know, grab their attention. It's like my new puppy. She's learning all kinds of stuff. Uh, where to go potty is one of my current frustrations, thus the lack of sleep. Um, but, you know, we play tug of war with her and we have to kind of get her attention and get that rope in her mouth so she'll grab it and fight. See, people think that's a, that's a healthy way to communicate. Let me just, let me get you riled up so you grab it and we can wrestle and fight about this. Uh, but we need to reach and not repel. We need to lead and not manipulate or control in our messaging. Uh, and I'll get to some of the sources of why we end up doing these things that are really not healthy and not part of God's Word in a second. But it's all got to be predicated on the love of God, the truth of His Word, and us being faithful or reliable to it. See, that is the key. Reliable messaging of the Word of God. So here are some causes um, that we might be able to relate to. Uh, causes of unreliable communication or causes that make us unreliable messengers. Uh, we might have a wounded soul. We might be fighting bitterness. Um, some of us just might be immature, just haven't grown up yet. Um, insecurity, huge problem. Ignorance, huge problem. 
for some of us, we, we, our messaging comes from the way it was modeled. It's the way your, par your parents were passive aggressive, so that's the way you communicate. Or your parents were clams. They never dealt with any problems. They never opened their mouth. They never said anything. <clears throat> it was like the secret society. So you clam up instead of being able to bring a, a truthful, loving message to help permit progress. It's silence, silent treatment. Um, and let's face it, sometimes we're just sleep deprived, as is my case, or we're just hungry. You've seen those Snickers commercials where people are hangry? All those things make our messaging unreliable. Um, and some of those are humorous, some of those aren't that big of a deal, but um, there's a lot riding on it. And it can manifest, I talked about passive aggressive, uh, there's over communication. I do believe in over communication. Where so much is go, going out in the airwaves that you're like, wait a minute, wait, time out. What, what are we trying to say? Can it just be cleaned up a little bit? Can it be made clearer? How many of you seen the commercial where, um, <clears throat> it's the M&M commercial where they apologize? And I'm sorry, sorry I called you Karen. Sorry your name is Karen. Um, the, there's this phrase that's new and trendy called mansplaining. And yes, I, I'm guilty of mansplaining. Early on in our marriage, I not only mansplained everything, I, I lectured my wife about everything. I had to grow out of that. I had to repent of that, grow up and be more mature. Um, and it can manifest as gossip. Huge, 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 huge problem in the church. Let's try to grow up and get away from that. Lies, telling lies, <clears throat> and so much more. So the bottom line is all of this isn't being faithful to the message of the gospel. It's corrupt communication. The message has been corrupted. So we want to become aware of it, and we want to mature away from it by being intentionally faithful to God's Word. I'm leaning in on the words that are in that verse so that you can see that's where I'm hanging it every single time. See, love is a leader, not a tyrant. And that is the key to being a faithful messenger. Love leads. Love leads. It always draws. There's always a draw and a connection. John 3.16, God so loved, dot, 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 so he sent his message of love, his son Jesus. That's a reliable message. Hey, I know creation has fallen. Sin has corrupted everything. And I'm going to reach to you and give you an opportunity to receive in love. <clears throat> how that takes place. So think about this. Um, as believers, you and I, Christ followers, people of the word, people of prayer, we are messengers. You cannot not be a messenger. You can't get out of it. Everything you speak is a message. The way you live is a message. You're a living billboard. You're a living podcast. The sum total of your actions and your beliefs are manifest in the way that you live. And so we have to face this truth. Our message is either reliable or unreliable. It's either wicked, twisted, distorted, and corrupted, or it is pure, honest, and right. Our message is either received by those that we're trying to convey it as forced, debated, manipulated just to win the argument, or it can be this. Zero in on this, key in on this saying the right thing at the right time 
in the right place to shine the light on the only one who is right, Jesus, Lord, Savior. So let's strive for that, saying the right thing, the right time, in the right place. In the end, releasing an unreliable message only spells trouble for us and those around us. It brings corruption. Ephesians 4.29 should be very familiar to mature believers. It might be new to someone who's just new in the faith. But it says this, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Wow. We're supposed to think about who's listening, and is this beneficial for them? Is it going to meet a need that they have? The New King James Version, that may, might be more familiar, let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace. That it may impart grace. That it may impart grace to their hearers. Did you hear that? That it may impart grace. Listen. Much of what we say will just be completely erased if that was the filter. Does this impart grace to the hearer? We're not off the hook. So I want to hit uh, three that I think are fairly glaring reasons for unreliable messaging. Um, and again, we've all walked in some of these shoes or... or <clears throat> or had these issues or these problems. One is all truth and no mercy. Um, because Proverbs 3, 3 and 4 says this, let not mercy and truth forsake you. Did you see both of them, mercy and truth? Bind them around your neck, write them on the tablet of your heart. It's not one to the expense of the other. It's not one without the other. It's both, <clears throat> mercy and truth. The Amplified says, Do not let mercy and kindness and truth leave you. Instead, let these qualities define you. Bind them securely around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart, and so find favor and high esteem in the sight of God and man. Esteem in the sight of God and man. We forget that our reputation and esteem is important. There are certain things we should not care whether people think about us or not, but there is a huge degree of accountability as to whether we're esteemed. And if the truth of God's word is being reliably lived out, there should be some esteeming there. There's, there should be some, wow, I respect this person. I may not agree with them, but there's something different. Are you getting this? Are you getting anything out of this? So all truth, no mercy. Simple example of that is... <clears throat> You talk to someone, so what's it like to be headed for eternal torment? You know, the old joke, smoking or non, LOL. Uh, that may be a truth. It's not the whole truth. And if that's what you lead with, um, sorry, have fun uh, creating Christ followers and populating heaven. The other opposite is all mercy, no truth. And it sounds like this. God just loves you just the way you are, so you can live how you want. It's He's fine with that. Just join the Christian Culture Club. It's We have a good time. We, we like to eat. We do whatever. 
whatever you do in your home is fine. They're just, he loves you. That's the biggest thing. No. That's the mercy of God. That's part of the message of God, but it's not the fullness of God. Makes sense? So anywhere along those spectrums, you can kind of figure out whether you're uh, erring on either side or walking the balance of those out. Um, I have a little bit of an issue with people who, who say, uh, well, I just tell it like it is. Let, let, me, let me just share something with you. Don't say that, number one. Because everyone is only saying what they think, and it's a perspective. So for someone to own universal truth, like you're the only one that tells it like it really is, um, I'm sorry, that's not right. Um, we should more say, I speak the truth in love, or I share my understanding of God's word with where I'm at right now, and I'm growing and learning. And so here's the question. If, if you're going to tell it like it is, and it doesn't matter how people receive it, here's my, my challenge to you. Do we want to populate eternity with disciples that we're making for Christ? Or do we want to win the argument? Because if you just want to be good at winning arguments, that's great. Um, there's a spot on, on Fox News for you, or CNN, or any other platform where the entire discussion is, I'm going to win, I'm going to win, I'm going to win, I'm going to win the argument, I'm going to stick to my talking points, and I'm going to lambast the opponent to make them look as ridiculously as possible. Um, not my gospel, people, not my scripture, not my Jesus. So, here's a good one to, to write down quickly. Disciple makers win people, not arguments. Disciple makers win people, not arguments. Because... When we're a disciple maker, we're a faithful and reliable messenger of God's word. And God's word, when sown correctly, has a harvest. Sometimes it's not immediately. Sometimes it's not much. Sometimes it's great. But there will be a harvest. Still talking about mercy and truth. Just remember, it is merciful to convey the truth in a loving way. Because without the truth, there's no eternal life. So you are having mercy on someone by saying, look, these are the hard things of Scripture. But God loves us and he, and, he, and he enables us to walk these out so that we can be with Him forever. And then the other side of that, it's also truthful to show mercy because mercy is part of the word of truth. Jesus, who is the truth, He made a way through His loving kindness and tender mercies. Let's not forget that is the character of Almighty, and it should be the character and quality coming out of us. It's part of His nature, it's how He wants to relate to us, and it's how He wants us to relate to others. Psalm 25, verses 6 and 7. Remember, O Lord, your tender mercies and your loving kindnesses, for they are from old. Do not remember the sins of my youth, nor my transgressions. According to your mercy, remember me. For your goodness sake, O oh Lord, we forget sometimes that the loving kindness and tender mercy of God that has drawn us is supposed to flow through us to others. Romans 2 in the Amplified, Or do you have no regard for the wealth of his kindness and tolerance and patience in withholding his wrath? Are you actually unaware or ignorant of the fact that God's kindness leads you to repentance? That is, to change your inner self, your old way of thinking, seek his purpose 
for your life. So we have the we have the um, two glaring reasons for unreliable messaging: all truth, no mercy; all mercy, no truth. And then here's the third one, and I'm just kind of going to wind down from here. Um, the bottom line is we haven't faithfully studied Scripture enough to discern how to apply it to our lives. The life we lead is the message that we send. Is it faithful to God's Word? Is your life lived as a right division of the Word of Truth? Listen, one of my least favorite sayings, and I'm just going to be candid, is when someone says, well, the Bible says, look, look, I could say, well, the ketchup bottle says, because unless you're interpreting and rightly dividing and handling what that passage of Scripture is citing, it can be completely wicked and unreliable. Let's take a step back. Let's learn to, to live what the Word says. Get it into your heart. Impart it. Get a track record of walking that out before we just quote the Bible. You don't want to just randomly quote the Bible. There's a lot of uh, people who don't have any relationship with the Lord at all that can quote the Bible. And it gets twisted. Satan himself quoted the Bible to tempt Jesus. So think about that before the next time you just throw the old the Bible says on somebody. 2 Timothy 2.15 supports what I just said there. Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who does, does not need to be ashamed and who correctly handles the word of truth. We're talking about being a reliable messenger, a faithful messenger, not a wicked messenger. And trust me, friends, this will help you in your families, when your in-laws come over, with your spouse, at your workplace. These are proven life principles that transcend even our Christian culture club. But they need to be number one uh, among the faith. But they will, they will translate out really well. So here's some tips on being a reliable messenger. Everything today is a quick tip, a short blip here or there. So that seems to be our attention span. Here's some quick tips. Number one, kindness counts. Proverbs, Proverbs 15.4 in the Amplified, A soothing tongue speaking words that build up and encourage is a tree of life, but a perverse tongue, speaking words that overwhelm and depress, crushes the spirit. Let's be careful when we're conveying information that we're not just overwhelming someone with negativity, just to tell the story. Well, I'm just telling the story. You know, sometimes enough is enough. I'm like, I get the point. This is a, this is a desperately <laughs> horrible situation. And I was done hearing that like five minutes ago. Let's get back to, okay, so how are we going to build up and how are we going to release a tree of life here? Proverbs 16, 24. Gracious words are a honeycomb, sweet to the soul and healing to the bones. I love me some good honey. We have some manuka honey. We have some raw honey. Just a little bit of good honey on top of my cornflake cereal or in, in tea. Oh man, that is so sweet. It's healing to the bones. You want your words to be that. Wow, every time I talk about that person, uh, talk with that person, have an exchange, I feel like someone just put sugar on my cereal. I am like, mm, satisfied. I feel like my bones are being healed. 
Um, second tip, keep it simple and clear. 1 Corinthians 14.8, he's talking about prophecy, tongues, and interpretation here, but it is messaging from God. It is the truth from God's Word. So this applies to when we communicate. Everything you say should be a prophetic truth of God's Word anyway. He says, again, if the trumpet does not sound a clear call, who will get ready for battle? There was confusion in the church because there wasn't clarity and discernment on, on how to handle these things. And it transcends the gifts of the Spirit in a church service. It goes to our life every day. So don't speak what you don't live. That'll keep a lot of us quiet for a long time. Let's live it first. And if you, if you do that, if you're constantly saying, well, I just, I just read this teaching, or here's, here's this latest thing over here, or did you check out this, this or that, are you living that? Is there something that's going to be genuine as you share that's going to draw someone to find that as helpful information? Or is it just noise, clanging symbol? It's not out of love for them. It's out of your need to tell everybody what you know now and how much you know. Further, we are admonished to avoid bickering over lesser issues and focus on key truths from Scripture. This is a plague. This is a blight um, in culture today and in the body of Christ. 2 Timothy 2.16 says this, But avoid irreverent babble, for it will lead people into more and more ungodliness. That's just, can I just give the summary? Major on the minor, majors and don't argue over the minors. It's ungodliness. Um, here's another one. It really is okay to let your words be few. I realize I'm an introvert and have no problem with this by saying nothing for hours. And some of you are not that. And you're like, that's not fair, Pastor James. But I have scripture on my side. Sorry to tell you. It's really okay. Ecclesiastes 5.2. NIV. Do not be quick with your mouth. Do not be hasty in your heart to utter anything before God. God is in heaven and you are on earth. So let your words be few. Choose your words wisely. Proverbs 17, 27. He who restrains his words has knowledge. How about that? And he who has a cool spirit is a man of understanding. Think before you speak. Ponder before you react. Cool calm, collected. Everything that, that pops into our head doesn't need to come out. Don't want to do that. Proverbs 29.20, do you see a man who's hasty in his words? There's more hope for a fool than him. I've learned this lesson a million times. Sometimes the more relaxed I get, the more fun-loving and goofy I want to be I get out way beyond the grace that God has given me for my personality and I end up offending people. I end up saying things people can't understand. That it's, they don't get the context. So it's unreliable messaging. And it is uh, something I've needed to repent for and own it. And so should you. Uh, and then we're almost done here. Communicate in a way that preserves the integrity of God's character and of his word. Colossians 4, 6, let your conversation be always, always, not sometimes, not when I feel like it. Um, I don't get a pass if I'm hangry or tired. Always full, full, not a little, not partial, full of grace. Full of grace. 
seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. Salt is a preservative. Salt is also something that makes food attractive, right? So you want to preserve the integrity of God's word and you want to draw or lead people to the truth. Taste and see that the Lord is good. They're going to taste from the fruit of your lips. They're going to taste from whether you're being a reliable messenger or not. Uh, this is big in my book. It's, it's one of, I don't know, it's just huge for me. Um, it's the way I'm wired and shaped. I can't get enough of, of studying wisdom and discernment and crying out to God for that. Uh, so that every decision in life, every conversation, every move, strategic move that's made comes from a place of discerning truth of God's word. So don't forget wisdom and discernment. Here's a little tidbit. What the Lord is speaking to you isn't always what you need to say to others. Use discernment. In fact, hardly any of what God is speaking to you, you need to say to others. There's probably a whole different set of things that he wants you to say to others. And it's only after what he said to you has matured in you for 52 years, then maybe you can be called to preach it. I don't know. It's another message, I guess. Proverbs 15, 14, uh, speaking of discernment, the heart of the person who has understanding seeks knowledge, but the mouths of fools feed on folly. Finally, this, James 1.19 in the New Living Version, understand this, my dear brothers and sisters, you must all, none of us get a pass, you must all be quick to listen we have two ears and one mouth, slow to speak and slow to get angry. Listen, there's a lot for here uh, for us to work on, and there's a lot for us to ask God for help on. Um, it's doable. It's the truth of his word, and his spirit has empowered us to live it. In fact, if the spirit is in us and we're allowing the word to flow through us, then the fruit is evidence in our lives. Did you get anything out of this tonight? I hope you did. Um, I pray that this word is in season for you, that it's edifying to you, that it's encouraging, and that it will change your trajectory and your course as you um, walk your life in a way that's a message that reaches and draws people to the kingdom and populates heaven with disciples, um, followers of Christ Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for friends and family and Grace and Peace members, all who have heard this word tonight. Lord, it just we repent again for missing it, for getting too lost in a culture that's trying to get us to be constant debaters, constant winners with our words. And so uh, let it not be named among us, Lord. Let our words be pure, not twisted, uh, but faithful to you because you're a faithful God, uh, full of tender mercies and loving kindness. Thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen.